0: The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now, join the revolution, digital health is the evolution, status quo, more like status, no, yeah, this is the Healthcare Wrap, y'all come on, let's go! Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare, and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, to all you out there in the Healthcare Wrap posse, thanks for hanging with us. My name is Jared Johnson. I'm your host, and this is season two of the Healthcare Wrap. This is the place to be if you want to accelerate the transformation of healthcare and help create the digital customer experience that happens outside the clinic. One way to do and be a part of this is to join the posse. We hope you'll do that by listening, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. You can find our full archive of episodes at healthcarerap.com and hit us up on Twitter at healthcarewrap. And finally, a special thank you to Express Docs, Ulterra Digital, and the podcast.healthcare network for helping us spread the awesome. We couldn't do it without you guys. And with that, we're going to move right into our guest today because we have a a fantastic guest, guys. I can't wait to welcome him to the program. I've got Ryan Vett on the program today. Ryan is an entrepreneur, a speaker, an author, and the CEO of Boone Inc. I want to welcome you today, Ryan. How are you doing? Doing well, Jared. Thanks so much for having me. You mentioned you're calling from the North Carolina area. So this time of year, I imagine, is a pretty decent destination to be.
1: It is, it is. It's uh, beautiful out here and we've had a little bit of a cold snap,
0: which makes uh, June a little bit more bearable. Okay, so cold snap, uh, what what does that look like in the East Coast? In North
1: Carolina? It was actually down in the 50s in June, which is crazy. I grew up in Chicago and getting up in the morning, it it felt like I was back home. So it it was interesting.
0: Okay, all right. That's fair. I'd go with cold on that too. So yeah, no worries. (laughs) Very good. Well, uh, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself a little bit more to tell us about Boone Inc. itself and kind of how you've gotten there. So tell us a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So Boone in, in the most simple terms is Uber meets eHarmony meets healthcare staffing. I grew up in a home where my mom was a nurse at ICU. So many dinner conversations involved nasty injury stories. I've learned to eat through most uh, healthcare related conversations. I ended up getting married to my wife who, while we were married, went to dental school and is now a dentist. So I've been around healthcare my whole life and Throughout all of it, I've also taken the industry perspective and been an executive in a medical device company and consulted for many healthcare companies, whether ambulatory care centers or acute care, uh, things like that. And so really, have had the opportunity to see healthcare from so many different angles. And one of the common things that I kept seeing pop up is this idea of staffing. Uh, staffing is a challenge no matter what business you're in. I own a couple of coffee shop and wine bars and uh, staffing's uh, trouble there. Staffing's difficult in healthcare. Staffing's difficult when trying to fill out a team for marketing or whatever it is that I've found myself doing. And I really wanted to figure out how could we, innovate in healthcare to make staffing more simple, particularly in the temporary staffing because almost 10% of healthcare providers every single day are contracted, meaning they're not full-time employees of where, whatever health system or whatever practice they're working for that day. And, and so that's a large number in the US alone, excluding medical doctors, you're looking at almost $35 billion. So that's a massive, massive number every year in the US. That's temporary staffing and there's been little to no innovation in that space. So I created Boone to solve that problem and it allows healthcare providers to be matched on demand to a practice or a health system that needs a temporary team member for the day. And we do that. And so that, that's the Uber component. And then the eHarmony component is we do that by matching people intelligently by using uh, some high level personality traits, some skill sets, some specialties and things like that so that you're not just getting some, a warm body to fill a seat, but you're getting someone that's going to match the flow of your, your system or your practice. Well, there's a lot to
0: that. We're going to unpack that in our rap battle. Rap battle! Because rap battle is where we challenge the way healthcare has been going on in the past, and so I'm real excited to hear a little bit more about this whole topic of staffing itself, the challenges in it, and kind of how the you know the new gig economy these days really does lend itself to a solution like this. So I'd I'd love to just hear even take a step back in terms of a uh, a little bit more about the story and how you came to this as a solution and, and a need. You know, so what's uh, tell us a little bit more about you know just the need for like flex staffing in today's health healthcare world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so many healthcare providers, if one in every 10 healthcare providers is temporary every single day, and obviously that's different from practice to practice and system to system where some places are are mainly temporary and some places are rarely temporary. But if you look across the board with that number being one in 10, there's a great need. And I would say this was born out of uh, me hearing my wife share some frustrations at uh, one practice she would work with occasionally. And she would be frustrated that there were so many different people and they weren't good fits for the practice they didn't understand the technologies at the practice there was little accountability it was really expensive and this laundry list of issues she had was just the way that that temporary staffing worked and like a good husband instead of just listening which is what she wanted me to do i tried to solve the problem and uh it it was a perfect time in my life I, i was i just finished up with one venture and was looking for another and I started exploring and quickly found out that a lot of people have, I would say, improved the healthcare staffing space with technology, which is great. They took the traditional way of doing things and then added technology to streamline a process. But there wasn't innovation. I think there's a major difference between just improving something with technology, which is what a lot of tech companies do, and actually innovating to get rid of some of the problems that existed. Because usually if you just digitize something, you saw this with paper forms about 10 or 15 years ago, even with EMRs, you see this idea of something being digitized, but it doesn't always solve the headache and sometimes it creates more headaches. So I tried to figure out how do you not just make something digital, but actually innovate and solve many
0: problems that technology can solve. Well, I see the need for it, like I said, because the most recent uh, children's hospital that I had worked for, that was the constant question. In every single team, in every single department of staffing, there was always a shortage. It wasn't just some some trend or topic somewhere. It was real life every day. We're not filling our staffing needs and there's no easy way to do it. And... There was a hesitancy to just throw tech at it, kind of like you were talking about, right. because that wasn't just going to necessarily uh, solve everything. I wonder if, is there like a kind of a, a general example of, you know, if you can walk us through what that's like for for the provider, for the staffing team, what else are they dealing with on a day-to-day basis that they're throwing their hands up in the air and trying to figure out like how to solve these, this stuff?
1: Right. So I think there's a lot of issues. And I, before I get into that, I would love to go back to you talking about working at a children's hospital. Uh, in particular, if you go to a staffing firm that's you know in an area where there's a lot of hospitals and they're putting a nurse in, that nurse might not be a, a pediatric-friendly nurse. And he or she might not love kids, but was placed there for the day. And in that scenario that's not what I would call a perfect match. And so that's just one of the many problems that you have because now you you need somebody that knows healthcare and can help under the guidance of uh, obviously someone that's in that specialty. But you can get uh, someone like a a nurse that might not be that perfect match. And that's an extreme case, obviously, because usually temp systems have figured that out a little better. But So that's one of the problems is you're not having a perfect match of someone that's going to fit your patient base or fit your staff dynamic or understand your technology. There's so many different EMRs. And if you need to take notes, not if, but when you take notes, if your charting is not simple in that particular EMR, your practitioner might not know how to do that. So the main issues we're solving is one fair pay for providers, because a lot of times you find these healthcare providers that are working in temporary situations, not always getting fair pay. And so we've tried to overcome that in a number of ways, which we can get into in a little bit, because our slogan's called is practicing good. And it's this idea of in everything we do, we want to practice good, just like you practice medicine, we want you to do something better. And the word boon actually means doing something good or beneficial. It's an old English word with Latin roots. So fair pay is one of them. And then fair pricing is another one. And so you see a lot of these traditional agencies that fill the need. And there's nothing wrong with traditional agencies, but because of the lack of technology, it costs a lot of money for people to be able to place a candidate effectively. And so you have phone calls and time, and so you're you're using people for all of this. And so that makes it really expensive. So a lot of the temp agencies charge, in some cases, as much as two times what the hourly rate is, for that team member. And so now you've got a healthcare system or practice paying far more than is needed. And so that's a huge issue. And then the third is, is quality patient care. And a lot of times if you have a temp that goes into work, they're not always able to provide quality patient care because they don't know the systems at that practice or things are in different places or maybe there's a lack of accountability because if that practice doesn't work out, they know that there's one the next day. So there's all of these different things that end up affecting one's ability to adequately care for a patient just because of the changing environment. And so those are the three main things that we've tried to change: fair pay, fair pricing, and patient care when it comes to Boone.
0: Well, there are a lot of advantages, like we said, and I wonder how we can talk about it all day here and and, and really where it comes into play is every individual interaction between a patient and a healthcare provider. Yeah. So I'm curious how you how you think about that. Like how does improper staffing affect or impact the patient experience?
1: I mean, I think that a patient's experience is directly related to a staff person's experience. We all, and Chick-fil-A has a great video out that they use in their training, and it's called Everybody Has a Story. You can go on YouTube and check it out. But in that video, you see that every single person, from the person behind the counter to the person in the big cow mascot to the people walking in the door have different things going on in their lives every single day. And that's true for us. We don't know what is going on in each other's lives every day. And if a provider is not happy, if they're not being paid fairly, or if they're confused because they're in a new environment or they weren't given proper instructions, all of those things can lead to a provider being more frantic and more stressed And no one got into medicine to be stressed. It's already a stressful position. What we're trying to do with Boone is solve some of those problems so that the provider can basically go into work and know everything that he or she needs to know so that they can focus on why they went into medicine in the first place. And that was to provide quality patient care.
0: I see. Yeah. And I I think you're right. It's these individual interactions that we see, like, how come that didn't go the way we planned? (laughs) like And how come that's what's leading to a patient review, Yelp review, a Google review, you know, so many things on the marketing side, for instance, that we're like, Hey, how come that didn't work out the way that patient expected or that family member expected? And we don't often go all the way up to, well, it's the fact that like the example you gave, they had a temporary staffing person there that day that was a bad fit for that organization. So I totally get that it, it's very it, it's a fascinating just a, a different facet of, of looking at uh, a lot of the challenges that that are being talked about in a lot of healthcare settings these days I, need a dime, I ain't taking a So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. I wanted to go back and, and, and ask you a little bit more about just in general about the innovation you were talking about that you've been focusing on with Boone and with the app and, and just with everything. Tell us a little bit more about why you think innovation is important, because you said a little bit about how that's different than just throwing tech at problems. Why is it important to have innovation as well?
1: Yeah, I think with innovation, you can solve a lot of the problems that we've talked about so far and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about over the next couple of minutes. So a couple of the ways we've innovated. First of all, if you go to any other healthcare platform that tries to help with staffing, they still require negotiation. They still require reviews and interviews and all of that. There's no one really doing the screening process. And so we've spent a lot of our time building our our tech so that it actually has artificial intelligence to help understand a provider's credentials, make sure their license and insurance and everything else that they need to practice is is valid and good, do a background check so we've partnered with the same people who do background checks for Uber and Lyft and Instacart and everybody else and make sure that all of that is a seamless process before the provider can even get matched. And then we provide that to the practice. We've also really worked hard on a feedback loop so we've packed a ton of Again, artificial intelligence, which is the ability for uh, the computers to kind of crunch data over a period of time and, and gain conclusions based on algorithms we've written. And we take those reviews and we start after a shift. So if a temporary provider goes into a practice, both the practice gets a review and the provider gets a review. And we'll start to understand who fits where and who doesn't and start analyzing the comments that are are brought together. So that way, every match that you have after your first gets better and better and better. And we're going to be able to more accurately put someone into your practice or your healthcare system so that we have the right people in the right positions. And we're just not putting in a warm body that has the right degree, but maybe not the right personality. And I think that's really important because that affects everybody's happiness. That affects the, the person uh, running the floor or uh, running the office. That affects the patient and that obviously affects the provider so by trying to to match more effectively and using artificial intelligence and machine learning to do all of that I know that's a lot of tech speak but all of that really allows us to not just do what's been done for for decades but actually do something different and better to m- improve the quality of life of everyone involved in healthcare
0: well I like that you brought it back to that because you know that is important to always bring it back to improving the quality of life and you know in that in those terms I'm you know, as we look, you know, to the future, you know, ideally, I'm wishing the best for this solution. I hope it, it catches on and continues to grow. Where do you see this going in, uh, you know, say, five years from now? You know, if, if everything goes your way, I'm curious, you know, how the healthcare staffing landscape will look differently in five years from now.
1: Yeah. So one of the main things that we have not seen... Th- well, let's talk about the gig economy first. So we'll back up to a question that I don't think I fully answered that you asked a couple of minutes ago is what's the gig economy? It's basically anyone's ability to work when they want. And that's the most simple definition. And so you see like Amazon deliveries is allowing people to do that. Uber is the prime example, Uber and Lyft, DoorDash and Grubhub, Postmates, Instacart, you name it. These are all gigs or jobs that individuals who want some extra cash on the side can apply for. And with a valid driver's license or whatever the criteria is, you can go ahead and work there. However, you have not seen the gig economy come into healthcare. And there's so many reasons for that, and I can tell you a lot of them. As I've started Boone and worked with a team that's super smart on how to make sure that we can really do this well and effective in an effective way to really impact the most people in a positive manner, there's a lot of reasons why people haven't dared to innovate here. But we wanted the challenge because this is a problem, and this is a problem that infects so many people's lives. And the reality is, is all of us, at one point or another in our life, is going to end up in a healthcare situation where we're needing quality care and all of our providers, obviously they're doing that every day, so that's not as foreign to them, but you know, there's just a lot of opportunity for quality care and innovation. So where do I wanna see this in the next five years? To put it in perspective, we were talking a little bit earlier, the temporary staffing market is about a $35 billion market in the US alone. And again, that excludes medical doctors. So you add that and your number gets much higher. And if you look at Uber and Lyft, that's only combined in the U.S. alone. That's about a $16 billion market. So we're, we're 20 times larger than the market size of Uber and Lyft where they've innovated in ride hailing and taxis. So there is so much potential for us, just so much potential for us to impact people positively by practicing good and by allowing providers to work when they want. And you continually see statistics, and CNN had an article that came out last year that talked about by 2020, and some people are saying by 2025, but in that five year window, which is starting as early as next year or as close as six years from now, we're going to have a shortage of over two million healthcare workers in the United States. And that's on all levels. And a large majority of that is because you have healthcare providers who currently are licensed, who spent a long time going through med school or nursing school or whatever healthcare licensure credentialing school they went through, those are long hours and and difficult degrees to earn. They get burned out because they then work long hours and see very, very challenging things and, and see a lot of hard things. And have to walk with people through emotional periods in their life. And so you see this burnout. So if the gig economy and if Boone can truly innovate in the healthcare space, you're going to give the power back to the providers to work when they want. It's increasingly more hard for a provider to get hired for a part-time job because of the shortage. And yet, if you can create all these people, there's tens of thousands of providers that are able to practice and don't every year because they're either burned out or they've chosen a different career path or maybe want to be a stay-at-home parent and and can't, or maybe they're retired and they earned enough to retire early and yet can't get a part-time job in retirement. You name it, there's dozens of reasons why these providers can't practice when they want and Boone can enable a provider to say, hey, today I'm able to work for eight hours. I'm going to to say I'm available and hop on. And just like a driver on Uber, when, when you turn your little green light on, uh, you start getting rides, you'll start getting shifts, and you can accept the shift and, and go to work. And it allows you to get placed in as little as an hour, like to arrive at a hospital or arrive at a practice in as little as an hour. So that healthcare practice, if someone calls out last minute, which things come up in our lives, they can get backfill really quick, but it's also
0: matched intelligently. So it's a good fit for that practice. I just love this thought. I love just looking ahead and seeing how healthcare could be improved if the, if solutions like this uh, catch on and continue to grow. So thanks for sharing that. For those in our audience, we have some listeners who are Kind of entrepreneur minded and, and innovation minded to begin with. I'm curious for them. you'd mentioned something that was kind of unique and interesting about the way that Boone is funded. Uh, I wondered if you could uh, give us a couple of details about that.
1: Absolutely. This is really exciting uh, for me. I have had the opportunity to be in many startups in the past and have been through the whole venture capital raising, which is usually companies or entities who invest large sums of money in companies that have are developing a product or are not yet profitable. And then you have private equity, who's typically investing in companies that have turned a profit but want to grow faster. And then you've got angel investors, who are usually individuals that are of high net worth that invest in in companies, usually friends and family or companies that have a little bit of traction. Then you've obviously got bank loans and you you name it. So there's tons of different ways to get funding. And I've had the opportunity in the various businesses that I've had the opportunity to be part of to raise funds in a number of ways. And until 2016, so three years ago, it was illegal for most Americans, the majority of Americans to invest in private companies unless they were one of the founders. And the reason being is they were limited to accredited investors. And accredited investors is someone who has a liquid net worth of a million dollars or more, which means that can't include your house or anything like that. That means essentially a million dollars sitting in a bank account somewhere, or they're making over $250,000 a year. And when you look at that, that limits it to just about a percent or so uh, of Americans that could invest in private companies. So if you would have invested in Uber, you could have gotten anywhere from a 93% return like Menlo Venture. So if you put $1,000 in, you walk away with almost $100,000 like five years later, or uh, some of the earlier investors claim returns as much as 1,500 times. So you put in uh, $1,000 and you walk out with 1.5 million. Now those returns are not typical at all, but unless you were of the most wealthy in the world, you were limited, you were the only ones able to invest and no one else could in these private startups and things like that. And again, going with our motto, and I've mentioned it several times, our motto at Boone is practicing good. So we're doing everything different. And, and we're really focused on people before profits. And people are our providers, our practices, and our patients. And one of the ways we wanted to do that was we wanted to give everyone an opportunity to invest in Boom. So uh, this is not a crowdfunding site like Kickstarter or Indiegogo where you, know, you give your 25 bucks and you get a t shirt. This is actual investing. And so we, we're launched on a, a platform called WeFunder, which is you know we've gone through all the paperwork, we are a regulation CF crowdfunding campaign raised through the SEC. So you have to file paperwork to be able to do this. It's not like just donating. This is actually getting equity or getting a part of a company early on. And so part of what we want to do with Boone is we want to say, hey, if we're truly for the people, before we go to some of the venture capital or the people that can write a you know, million or 10 million or $25 million check to help this business grow, we want to go to the people who we're serving first. And so if you're a provider, if you're a practice, if you're a patient, you can invest in Boone for as little as $500 and you do get equity or stock. So this is like investing in NASDAQ before the company even hits NASDAQ. So it's really exciting that the laws have changed to allow individuals, investors to do this three years ago uh, before it was illegal for people to do this for most Americans that weren't accredited. So super excited about just taking a different approach to funding before we go to the institutional route and really giving everyone a fair shot because that's really what Boone's about.
0: Well, I was glad you shared that because I, that was it was new to me to hear the, those options and I uh, thought it was really cool. So thanks for sharing that. So that's going to conclude our rap battle. We're going to move on to keeping it real. Keeping it real. Keeping it real is just where we ask one simple question. This is a relatively new segment for us here on Season 2 and the answers have been all over the map, Ryan. I'm going to tell you they they've all been fabulous. They've all just been things I wouldn't have thought of. And so I'm really uh, really excited to hear what you think about this. It's one question, but it can be pretty pretty intense or pretty deep just depending on the way you approach it. The question is, what's one thing marketers can do better? To improve healthcare,
1: I I love this question, Jared. And I think you mentioned uh, part of my answer right in your intro of our whole conversation today, and that's the idea of a patient's experience. I think as marketers, and I've had the opportunity to be in marketing an executive in marketing for the large majority of my career. So I've done a lot of marketing that has worked and I've done equally as much marketing that I've learned from. We'll, We'll leave it at that. But what I will say is I will say that marketers so often fail to understand that they are as much responsible for marketing to a customer while they're in healthcare in particular, marketing to a patient while they're in your practice or in your office or in uh, your hospital room, whatever it is, as uh, when you, before getting them in. And I have a, a lecture series that I do around the country and it's called Creating Experiences Worth Sharing. And I actually have an article coming out in Forbes later this year that talks about the same thing. And it's talking about how marketers need to not stop at getting people in the door or getting them back in the door. Because those are the two things we really focus on. How do you get someone in and how do you get that recall to make sure your beds are filled or whatever that might be, depending on what specialty you're in in healthcare. The reality is, what do you do when they're in that room? What do you do when they're in that operatory or on that bed or in the chair, whatever it might be? And I think if you can create experiences worth sharing, you take uh, notes from like Delta Airlines who all of a sudden shot up to be one of the leading airlines in the world because they focused on customer experience. They invested so much more in that than other people or again, Chick-fil-A and I, I already brought them up and today, but it's this idea that they invest in their customers experience and you can go through this long list of companies, Walt Disney. They have the magic square that has four, four quadrants and each one talks about how they have to create magic for every visitor. So if they've got video cameras and literally if a little kid drops their ice cream cone, there's going to be a character or at least uh, one of the team members, Disney team members, or they, they call them cast members, out with a new ice cream cone within two to three minutes of that location. So what are those little things that you're investing in in healthcare when someone's in your building? that is going to create an experience worth sharing so that they can understand or that they can share with their friends and family. Because we usually only share the really good experiences or the really bad experiences. Otherwise, we have to ask for reviews on Yelp and uh, Google and Facebook. But if you do something so extraordinary, and we have hundreds of ordinary opportunities every day that we can transform into extraordinary experiences... If we do something extraordinary, we're going to our marketing is going to be more impactful than any other campaign that we've ever run in our lives.
0: I love that thought, and hopefully, we just created an audio experience worth sharing. Hmm? Maybe I like it. I think we oh. did. Oh goodness, uh, really cool thought. Like I said, just that—that's in even different facet than we've uh, examined before. So awesome answer there, uh, Ryan. Thanks for your time today. I want to make sure I give listeners a chance to to know how they can connect with you if. There's a way, uh, how do they uh, get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you, about Boone, about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll start with Boone. If you want to learn more about Boone, you can go to doingboon.com. That's D-O-I-N-G-B-O-O-N.com. You can learn more about our platform, how you can even sign up, how you can get involved in the investing. Everything you need to know is there. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can go to my website, which is RyanVet.com, R-Y-A-N-V-E-T.com, or you can check me out at RyanCVet on every social media platform that there is, uh, and I will be there and happy to answer any questions.
0: Ryan, thanks so much for your time today and appreciate the story and uh, look forward to your continued success and, and following Boone and seeing where things go from here. Thanks, Jared. For our listeners, keep an ear out for new segments and updates to the podcast of the coming weeks during season two. Be sure to join the posse, listen, subscribe, leave a review and tell your friends. Healthcare Wrap is an Altera digital production and a member of the podcast.healthcare network. So on behalf of Ryan and myself, thank you so much for tuning in. Keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.